you're enjoying Racing World, it's brought to you by Perspective Group. It's your global motorsport podcast show brought to you in conjunction with Race Control Magazine. Hard to believe that we're nearly at the end of May of 2024. Man, is this year going quick and boy have we got a lot for you in this edition of Racing World. Well, once again, apologies for a slight gap in between shows, but boy, oh boy, it's been a busy 38 days on the road covering the Super Sprint New Zealand Championship, and included within that is the CT Frock, or the Castrol Regional Oceania Formula Championship, however it comes out, I don't know, I give up on that one, but the Toyota Racing Series as it was formerly known, and boy, oh boy, what a great lot of races we've been uh, just experiencing in New Zealand with all the conditions from heat to wet to cold to windy you name it and these drivers that compete in this series get five weekends of racing miles with three races a weekend plus practice plus qualifying this is a real off-season event for European drivers and the Kiwi drivers this year man did they shine Caleb Natoa taking a win at Hampton Downs Liam Skeet's coming strong and more on him in just a second and the other Kiwis in there Alex Crosby had a great first round and then maybe the pressure of the series got to him but you know all in all this is a great stepping stone for so many people and Roman Belinsky taking out the title for uh, the in the second race at Highlands Motorsport Park last weekend and then leaving it as a clear run for the Grand Prix which our boy Liam Skeets from New Zealand took out a, a victory in that. And that was a very, very well-deserved drive from Skeets. He managed tyre uh, conservation very well, read the way the Pirelli tyre worked. He dug deep. He won the Lady Wigram Trophy race the week before at the Ruapuna track and then came on to this one. And this was all about Grand Prix. And uh, a little bit of early pressure from Callum Hedge. He'll be racing, obviously, in Indy next this season. But uh, in the end, it was Skeets that dominated that race. And just a fine performance from him. Um, Liam's been a, a, a great ambassador for the sport over the summer as well and proof both for the Tony Quinn Foundation and for the Elite Motorsport Academy that this is why we invest in kids like, like Liam and Callum for that matter and they both uh, did both those academies very proud but Skeets really really did some soul searching and I think those last two rounds of the season of the five rounds he really turned it on and uh, was the match to anyone out there. So congratulations, Liam Skeets. You are the 2024 New Zealand Grand Prix champion. And speaking of the guy who came second, Callum Hedge, man, he was the last minute entry into this thing. And it was great that a, a team of people got around him and supported him and got him into the Grand Prix. And that, that was fantastic. But I spoke to him only days earlier when he was in Indianapolis for the preseason media day for the Indy Next Championship. And there was no hint of running in the Grand Prix. And in between there, he went to uh, Finland and did some ice training uh, for Porsche as part of a commitment that he has with Porsche and then flew from Finland to Cromwell uh, with the aim of taking out the Grand Prix and he dominated practice on the Friday uh, that was a sign of maybe things to come settled well into the car and I think really at the end of the day Skeets had his measure in the Grand Prix but it was a fine second from Callum this sets him up well with some racing miles under his belt as he heads to St Pete along with two of the other drivers that were here this summer Bryce Anion and uh, Jacob Abel and they'll be on the streets of St Petersburg in just a few weeks time but as I said I had the chance to catch up with Callum before all of this came into play at the Indy Next Media Day. Seat down at the end there this one here? Yep. yep, right there. Head of the table. That's serious, isn't it? So, uh, no, we're not it's, sure. it's so our friends remotely. You recognize the one in the corner there, probably. I do. Um, <laughs> How you doing? He, He's on mute. 
He's on mute, but uh, uh, I'm here. I'm here, Callum. I see a familiar face. We'll start with that familiar face up in uh, the corner there. Uh, David Turner, go ahead. Uh, thanks very much, Andy. Hey, Callum. Well, first thing uh, I've seen recently on your socials that you've learned how to build a snowman. I can tell you now, I didn't build it. Uh, I um, I still couldn't bend over it at the time, so um, I actually got my roommate Francesco Pizzi and my my girlfriend Taylor. They they built it, and then I walked down and took the photos. So you just posed for the photo, eh? Pretty much, yeah. It was it was probably five six days after the op. Oh, well, first of all, congratulations on being in, in the US. Um, yet another Kiwi to uh, give people up there a bit of a hard time. So we're really proud of you. I talked with Steve quite a bit. And obviously, um, I'm here at Ruapuna this weekend with uh, Pilch and the rest of the M2 team for the latest round of CT Frock down here. And then New Zealand Grand Prix next weekend at Highlands. And, and one of the, the people that you'll be racing against in Indy next is here now, Jacob Abel. Uh, so we've got the American driver for Indy Next down here, and you're up there. Do you what? What first of all, the, the Grand Prix and everything. How do you think Jacob will find that? It's his second year back down here, so it's it's a complete reverse of what you're doing. Um, yeah, it's definitely hard coming from a from a different country and going over to race. I remember the start of CT Frock last year. I had a lot more confidence in the car than everyone else purely because I lived in New Zealand, lived there my whole life, and everyone was still trying to work that side of, side of life out. I quite often feel that it's a lot of external factors, and he's a lot more, he'll be a lot more comfortable with the country and people he knows over there now. So I feel he'll, he'll do a really good job. He's been fast through all the testing. He was fast in New Zealand last year. So I'm looking forward to coming to the Grand Prix and watching as well. Oh, cool. That's really good. Oh, we'll be able to catch up. Um, yeah. Looking at your season ahead, obviously there's there's a variety of things, but the big one and, and the big ticket, I guess, if you like, is the fact that it'll be the first time up on an oval for you, um, having not come through the USF series. But um, just what what's going through your mind about hitting an oval for the first time? I don't really know anything about ovals, to be fair. Um, I've watched a lot of Indy 500s over the years and I always thought it was it was a pretty cool race. It's uh, the, one of the most iconic races in the, in the in the planet. So it's it's going to be cool to be rolling out onto an oval and doing something that's completely new for me. Like I was saying before, I enjoy new challenges and driving new cars around new tracks. So I'm really looking forward to a different style of racing. And then just as we get you know closer to the season starting, that first race at St Pete, it's a very interesting circuit as well. You've got the the big wide open main straight and then very tight around the back part of the circuit and, and that sort of things. But for you, as you said, it's just about keeping your nose clean really, isn't it? And, and just getting into this championship and then seeing how it goes from there. Yeah, I think you can you can certainly lose a lot by not finishing the, the first race. So you can, like they they always say, you, can, you can't win the championship at the first race, but you certainly can can lose it. So for me, the uh, the goal is to go in there, learn as much as I can, make it to the finish, and then build. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, it'll be good to see you next week. We can have a catch-up. And uh, all the very best. We'll be back up in the States again shortly, and uh, we'll be able to catch up with you and, and see you firsthand. But uh, you're yet another Kiwi that's doing the nation really proud, and uh, we're really proud of you down here and, and all the efforts that you're doing. It seems a, a long time ago now, Callum, that we got together when you were in a Sangyong racing series. It was a while ago now, wasn't it? I uh, I watched the documentary over on the uh, on the flight over. That was pretty cool to to watch. 
Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> One of my viewers. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, can't wait to see you in action up in the States and uh, and we'll be there to support you as well. So go, go well and uh, we'll see you soon. Turning our attention slightly now towards other motorsport overseas and of course IndyCar and it's only a matter of weeks now to the first one of the season at the streets of St. Petersburg. Always a bit of a teller but it's the start of a championship and it's a long haul. Changes in the championship since we last spoke obviously uh, Nashville the downtown street race that was going to go right through the middle of Honky Tonk Row has been deferred uh, for now because of the reconstruction of the Titans football stadium which impacted on some of the things around the track so the last race of the year will be at the Nashville Super Speedway and IndyCar hasn't been there for a while. Dixon once dominated quite well there so that bodes well uh, but it'll be a great way to end the championship and in fact out of the last five races four of them are on ovals with a double header at Milwaukee and of course St. Louis so uh, with only Portland in between so it's going to be a great super speedway slash speedway season to the end of the NTT IndyCar Championship for 2024. But looking at that, a couple of things came up. Indy 500, it's looking very, very good for a full field of 33. Um, and Dryer Reinwald recently announced their drivers, which of course is former winner Ryan Hunter-Ray and Connor Daly, who I had the chance to catch up with. I mean, I've been an IndyCar fan since I was living and breathing on this earth. So, uh, you know, most of my childhood, there were, um, you know, Dry Rainbow cars that I was I was fans of uh, several different. I mean, I always thought Dennis Rainbow had great looking vehicles as well. You know, you had the Purex wagon back in the day. How could you not cheer for that car? Uh, I remember when there, you know, Mike Conway was there. Had a great little that that like there was just there were so many cars that you could root for. Um, so I, I you know it, it's obviously in my position right now. Uh, it's it's a bit you know I, I would have loved to have been. Uh, you know, doing more IndyCar racing, of course, but uh, the Indy 500 is without a doubt my ultimate goal. Um, you know, to win, I want to be, I want to be like Ryan and and be able to know what the milk tastes like. Uh, and and obviously, to to be able to do that for Dennis would be amazing. Uh, he's, you know, Dennis Dennis has even loaned me a car before in my life, so I I I, I owe him already. He's he, like when my a Subaru broke down, I think many years ago. I actually got to drive a loaner car from Dennis Reinbold for a while, so I appreciate his uh, generosity there. Uh, I made sure that was in the deal for this month of May as well to have a nice loaner vehicle. But, uh, but yeah, I, I um, it, it's it's just awesome. It, it's the best possible scenario. I mean, all you want to do when you show up to May is have the best chance to win. And you know, I've obviously got a lot of experience there now. I I, I do believe I know what it takes to run up front, um, and obviously Ryan does too. So. Uh, you know, going to the shop, going to see the level of preparation that that this group uh, does is 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 it's such a high level. I mean, it's kind of hard to believe they're not running full time. You know what I mean? Because like you see the preparation, you see the people getting to work with a lot of folks there, uh, especially even on the Nitro Cross side uh, has been really cool. So uh, it's it's great to be here with with Chevrolet again, who obviously I've worked with many years now at the Speedway uh Chevrolet and and Don Cusick as well being a part of this he's obviously uh really enjoyed being a part of the IndyCar sport so uh we love that I think we're well on track for a bump day this year I, I suspect that we may get 35 maybe 36 cars with the engine suppliers coming to the party on that and 36 will make a really good bump day 35 is good but 36 is even better so look forward to seeing that uh, of the major teams still to announce some driver lineups of course is Dale Coyne and they always play their cards quite close to the wire 
Uh, so we should hear something within the next week or so from them. And of course, Sato back at Rahul Letterman Racing for the Indy 500. Previously won the 500 for them, so Sato returns to the championship just for a one-off at the Indy 500, and you'd count him in as a threat. In between all of that, of course, Kyle Larson racked up some miles at the Phoenix uh, Oval, getting in touch with the McLaren team. He's come out in recent days since the Daytona 500 saying he just wants to focus on the job in hand right now and talk about the Indy 500 at a later date. But he put in a serious day's testing and we again had the chance to catch up with him after the Phoenix event. Um, it was good to get some laps at a, a different place, you know, a kind of fast-paced, you know, track. Um, so it's good, you know, we got to get comfortable, you know, with like lifting and stuff like that. So built up to it and um, obviously the car is a lot different than what was ran here in 2018. But um, so don't really know, you know, how my driving style was in reference to like what somebody who races these things every weekend would be like. But I felt like I got comfortable and comfortable enough to where we finally kind of found the edge there and I almost you know, spun out uh, off a of turn, well, IndyCar turn two, our NASCAR's turn four, um, they're the last run. So that was good, you know, to, to have a moment like that. Had a few moments, um, but that was the biggest one. So that was good and, and didn't crash. And then uh, just ran through some you know, pit stop kind of scenarios and making mistakes, doing that was good. So. Um, you know, felt like I did better kind of getting into my stall and all that than I did at the Indy rookie orientation. So, um, yeah, we were able to check a lot of boxes and, um, yeah, get reacclimated and, and uh, looking forward to, I think, the open test there in Indy in April and then, you know, getting on into the month of May. So um, thanks to everybody at Aero McLaren and, and Hendrick Motorsports and everybody involved in, in making this project happen. And, um, you know, it's good to get good to get some more experience so I uh, look forward to the rest of my time in the car and um, yeah we'll see how the rest of the time goes. Nothing like a private day's testing at a Phoenix Oval to get you sharp for the Indy 500 and I think McLaren have got a lot riding on all their drivers but in particular they believe that Kyle Larson is the one that can do do the job and I actually think he is too and I'd be putting money on him in a sweepstake for sure in my top five so let's just see how it goes of course anything happens in the month of May so plenty of time to tell speaking of month of May the other thing that happened since we last spoke uh, Joseph Newgarden was awarded his baby Borg uh, as part of winning the 500 and again we had the chance to catch up with him and team boss Roger Penske. The Indy 500 is the gift that keeps on giving. You know, you, you get to remember the events um, from that special day for you know, many years to come and, and certainly I think the buildup just to the next year is really tremendous to go through. So I, I'm honored to be here to represent Team Penske. You know, for me to finally win it, it took me 12 years and I think there's a lot of um, perseverance that goes into that. You know, that. That's the story for me is to never give up and, and keep going and you know, keep trying to put my best foot forward every single year. And, you know, I always felt like I had the best of the best at, at Team Penske behind me, and um, you know, I, I love that. I love that the challenge of the Indy 500 is trying to be there at the end and, and win it, but um, you gotta have a team to make it happen, and you know, I feel like this team is the best to do it. Well, when you think about uh, being able to be here in the Henry Ford Museum, and you think about the history of motorsports and the cars, and to sit here and to get the 19th baby board is amazing. To think about the first one, in 72 with Donahue and then we just charged on over time and uh, you know the history 
the iconic history of the Borg Warner Trophy back in, what, 1936 with Eddie Rickenbacker. And I would have to say it's the most iconic trophy in the world from a sporting event. So we're so lucky. Joseph to get his face on it and me to get that baby Borg is terrific. It certainly is the gift that keeps on giving, the Indy 500. There's an array of stuff that happens across the year for the defending champion, and you go into that event seeing your big, big poster on the main gate at Indy 500. Your face is on the ticket. There is everything about what you did last year going into this year's event. Does it apply pressure? I don't know. Maybe some people thrive off it. I think it would, but, you know, it's there, and you're known for all time as an Indy 500 champion, so that's pretty special. And I think it's going to be a great event. It's the first oval of the season, and of course that run of ovals at the end of the year, but it'll be the first oval this season, plus the test day that they'll have there in April. So there's a lot to come. Uh, I think it's going to be another great season. Who would you pick as a 2024 champion? Pretty much all the field, really. So there we go. Speaking of other things now, Formula One. Testing kicked off in Bahrain. And as I'm doing this podcast, uh, they'd had the first day of testing. And guess who was on top? Max Verstappen in the RB20. Is this a sign of things to come? No, not really. I don't think that you can get that from a, a day's testing. He had the car to himself. Perez in the car tomorrow. George Russell had the car to himself at Mercedes. And of course, the big move, Lewis Hamilton in the off-season. He'll be in the car uh, the next day. And of course, in 2025, already announced, he's on his way to Ferrari. So that is a major thing. How that will affect the House of Cards this summer, or this season, I should say, who knows? But it's made for some interesting uh, off-season pondering by lots of people, sent shockwaves through things. Where are drivers going to go? What happens to Perez as well? Who's going to get the Mercedes seat? I think all of that is quite engineered game planning right now. And what it did do is it deferred from the Andretti Global announcement of the fact that they had been denied a chance to uh, enter into Formula One. And I think that that was a very smart piece of PR. I may be reading too much into this, but it was amazing how the Andretti thing came out. First of all, they had a car in the wind tunnel at Cologne. Next day, it came out that they were gone from Formula One. Then the next day, almost... It was uh, the announcement of Lewis Hamilton, and no one was talking Andretti then. They were talking Hamilton, 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 and Ferrari. So it was a very good deflect. If it was a PR job, then it was very well done. Will we see Andretti Global make Formula One? I don't think they've given up yet. I think that they've invested too much. They had a staff of over 150 working on the project. So I think there is more to come. So let's just wait and see. And don't forget, they have the might of GM and Cadillac behind them. So there's plenty more in the tank there, that's for sure. But of the Formula One cars, I really like the look of the new Sabre, as it's now known, formerly the um, Alfa Romeo entry. And I, I quite like this fluoro green and black. I think that's come up really well. We've seen a bunch of new cars. Uh, the Williams livery looks pretty amazing. Red Bull's very similar to what it's been. Mercedes is very similar to what it's been. Ferrari have ditched that black look and, and added a bunch of yellow and white in there. And I think the car looks really sharp. So let's hope they have a good year. And for Carlos, you know, this is going to be an interesting season. 24 races ahead of him, knowing that he's out at the end of the year. But, um, you know, you're a professional driver and you still want to win races and you still want to win championships. So I think there's plenty to play for. But for both him, uh, Hamilton and anyone else that, that may end up departing teams, it's all about being frozen out of some of the team development. And it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Great testing at Bahrain. So we're very much into the... The European season kicking off with both IndyCar shortly and then everything around Formula 1. But for me, the man of the week this week, without a doubt, Liam Skeets, New Zealand Grand Prix winner, 
phenomenal job, Liam. If you're watching this, I know that you're on your way to New Orleans now for a USF Pro test. Good on you, mate. You deserve this one big time. And as a nation in New Zealand, we should be very proud of the fact that we still host the New Zealand Grand Prix. We're one of only a couple of countries in the world, Macau and then Formula One itself, due to our heritage, that can add the official name Grand Prix to anything. So the New Zealand Grand Prix lives on and Liam Skeets now joins the names of so many from so many different eras that are now New Zealand Grand Prix winners. Until next week, thanks for watching Racing World.